I focus on authority over attention. You understand? They are both under the guise of influence. So if you have a lot of attention, they'll call you an influencer, right? But if you have authority, you are a real influencer mm -hmm. because you have the ability to dictate the way people move for your own benefit. Hello, guys. You're welcome to the Listening Sessions podcast, a show about the music industry, its players, and the game. My name is Obina Agu, music businessman and your host. All right, guys, welcome. Thank you. Listening Sessions podcast. We have another fantastic episode. Um, my guest on this episode of um, the Listening Sessions is one of the brightest young executives in the business today. Um, in fact, I feel like it would be wrong to introduce him as a music exec before an entrepreneur um, because I know a businessman who will change the world when I see one. Uh, my guest is also a successful talent manager and podcaster. Please welcome to the show, the chief oilist himself, <laughs> Muiwa Woniyi. A lot of you man. might know him as Donama. Muiwa, thank you so much for no, coming bro, out here, man. Pleasure, I'm, 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 I'm really a huge fan of um, you and your thoughts and what you do. So it was just so important to me that um, we, 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 we do this, you know. So sure. um, first of all, how have you been, man? What have you been up to? I know, I know so much. But <laughs> bro, yeah, bro. First of all, very to God, man. Like, I can't even believe you introduced me like that because man knows where he's starting from. You get me? But, bro, I'm good, man. Like, work doesn't stop. I mean, you already know what it takes, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're doing your own thing mm -hmm. as well on your podcast. So, to keep everything oiled. You have to keep working. <laughs> you have to keep working. Yes, man. Awesome. So, yeah, man, we're working, bro. Still, awesome. Awesome. Still. Happy to hear that, man. Yeah. yeah so, um, let let's just dive right in. So, um, I'm 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 sure your phone is ringing crazy, and so you have to too many <laughs> too many things to do. Yeah. So, um, uh, Muiwa, why why the music business? You know, while not um oil business, real estate, uh, tech, uh biotech you know because i feel like you'll be successful in any of these other businesses anyway okay so uh, this is a very interesting question so for me yeah i knew very early i didn't want to be confined because the moment you're confined that means you have to basically adapt to rules and regulations of whatever industry you're in and i knew that for me the entertainment industry is the only industry that expands that terrain because everyone listens to music so very early, I just knew that, look, since everybody wants to be entertained, let me just, you know, imprint myself in this business so that whatever I want to do can come based on the network I build with this business. Because all these things you're mentioning now, I'm actually involved in, but it was through music. So, yeah, wow. that's why I picked it. Wow. Yeah. So um, how 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 did I mean? Of course, you've 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 done a lot of things. I'm um, leading up to this moment. So how did you get to this point where you are, Muiwa? How did the music hustle per se start? Okay, so like I said, I knew I never wanted to be confined. So the first thing was zero nine to five. Like at the age of fourteen, I kind of told my brothers, uh, "Look, I'm not doing a nine to five. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but like." I just know I'm not doing this night five stuff. So much so that my dad tried to force me and <laughs> what I wore for the interview, I wore jeans, <laughs> I wore a corporate shirt, tucked it in, wore a snapback. 
and I went for the interview. And as soon as I walked in, they sent me out. So, <laughs> like, that's how adamant I was that, you I'm not doing this. But I didn't know what I wanted to do until, um, because of how God has blessed me, my parents thought I was going to do something medical, right? So, my A-levels, I was doing, um, I was studying everything science, so chemistry, physics, biology, further maths, all of that. And I hated everything I was doing, right? Hmm. But then the internet year was just a blessing because that was my escape from what I hated. So I'll be on social media just seeing what's cool and stuff. And around that time, Lil Wayne was like crazy hot, right? So the first thing I saw that picked my interest, there's a song called Steady Mobbing, right? And he had his Twitter handle on it. Twitter handle, Twitter was also really fresh that time. So when, when I saw that, I was like, yo, why don't I just make that and sell that? Because I think that's really cool. So I go online and I set up my first ever company. Now, the company is basically a sublet to a real German company that prints T-shirts, but you can create your own store on the website and sell, right? Wow. They were taking 80% of the profit, right? But the 20 I was making cool. So I used to market it myself, right? But the way I would do it was, I also had something with my cousins called Awoni Boys, where we used to do like comedy together. So like, <laughs> we'll customize some tees, wear them in the skits and stuff. And sometimes my Twitter handle will be on it. And people will just hit me up directly on DMs. Yo, where can I get that? I'll be like, yeah, sure, hit this website. That's my website, right? And then people will buy from there. And then eventually people cook that was me. So I then used to do customized T-shirts, right, for people. So through all of that, I was now making money, right, while I was in school. So I'm doing obviously all this sciencey stuff, but business is really working for me. I'm like, yo, you know what? Like, I don't want to do this school stuff. So eventually I failed my A-levels, right? And then what my grades got me was like biomedical in Essex. And I was like, I don't want to do this. So I, I called my parents. I'm like, look, I, I'm not doing no biomedical. I'll rather do a foundation here in business, right? I just see what where that takes me, which is why it's very important to just follow your heart, man, because, bro... I was a year behind. All my mates, obviously, were going to uni. From yeah. I had to take a year in foundation. But I didn't care because people's perception of me has never really phased me, whether it's good or bad. I just know what I want to do. So what then happens is during my foundation year, one of my special friends, his name is Okwe, right? At this point in time, I'm just having fun. I did my, my foundation year in a foundation school in Cambridge. And I'm just chilling, having fun. Then Okwe comes to me and is like, yo, bro, you have a huge network, right? This is because of all the stuff I was doing online. It was like, why don't you go into like artist management? Hmm. I was like, that's weird. Because like, <laughs> I've never thought of this before, right? And I said, nah. And I said, yeah, bro. And I would like you to manage me. I'm like, okay. Whoa. Yeah. Obviously, uh, he saw something special. He did, he did. And I was just living my life. So I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Let me just try. Let me just give it a go. And then was when I started learning quickly about the power of what this music thing could actually be in combination of the internet and just the general interest of Afrobeats, right? Because at this time, it wasn't cool to be an artist manager, bro. Like, you need to remember, like, if you were doing music, you were just regarded as someone that was wasting your time. Because <laughs> then the economy was soft, you understand? People were talking about, oh, yeah, when I move back to Niger, you know, my, my father has a job for me, blah, blah, blah. So... Upon just discovering this thing, I started loving it, right? And then I grew my network from that standpoint. <laughs> Upon introduced me to people like Ajebota, people like Jules the Kid, different people, right? And I just started making friends with them. And then eventually, as I was doing that, I then transitioned into university, right? So I stopped managing um, Okwe, but I gained enough skills to know what I wanted to do from a managerial standpoint. So I started managing this... Um, he was a viner at the time. 
His name was Sam Takes Off, right? And we started working together. And then we did a lot of amazing stuff together. But as I was doing that, I also entered parties, right? Because I used to throw parties in university as well. And very quickly, other people started doing that because it was a way to make money, right? But I was like, I have to do something different. So I was like, you know, I'm going to start bringing artists for my parties. This is not something people used to do then in, in uni. That's when, like, my network started increasing. So I met people like Files. In fact, my first meeting with Files wasn't a good one because his manager at the time was just being a dick to me, right? I mean, I'm just some guy that is promoting a party, right? So grinded, grinded, grinded. Then eventually, when I finished university, when I was doing my master's, I had met, through this journey, I had met a friend, right? And his name is Yuji. Yuji Official. Oh, yeah. And okay. UG, UG is like, yo, bro, when you're done with me, masters, just come back to London because obviously my visa was about to expire. So I was like, okay, you know what, let me just spend my last year in London. And that's when I met people like Easy. Me and Malik became closer. I knew Malik from... So I've skipped a lot, but I used to manage a producer called Biano, right? Okay. And Biano was Elliot's producer at the time. Hmm. So that's how I first got like some footing inside the Starboy camp. But, okay. Like I wasn't seeing Wiz. It was just like Malik... Then Malik was just a producer, Muteze, you know, everyone was just bubbling a bit. But then when I moved back, when I moved to London from my master's, I met Malik in his transition to being an artist, right? So all of us just trying to do this music thing, we all just, you know, organically linked up. And then from there, things started taking off. Yes. Wow. You know, so, because, man, it... it I can I can see that um your your network is quite um interesting you know yeah. so um at what point did you um start working with um Nansomadi? Okay. a lot of people might not even know this but yeah, yeah. that was also intentional um not so so I told you I when I finished like my university when I went back to London um Malik Yuji Easy me a guy called Lekka, who I still work with to today, and a lot of people, we all used to stay in one apartment, right? And at this time, everyone has started doing their thing in the sense that Easy had Bankulais bubbling, Jules, Jules too was there, shout out Jules. Easy and Jules had skin tight and Bankulais bubbling. Malik had just dropped control. This was like 2016. Yuji hmm. um, had Shocky Shocky. So like, the fun we were having and just doing that thing online, just manifested into organic growth. And that was when whatever theoretical thing I had about branding, we started executing as a unit, do you understand? Which is why everyone had their own distinct brand. Like Easy had that nomadic swag with his hats. You know, Malik had that tropical vibe. And the sound would tally with the brand, right? So at this time, I, hadn't, I didn't have, like, my artist, right? Then Eugene now goes, yo, bro, there's someone that I think you know, you can really do a lot with, right? Hmm. Then he plays me tonight. Now, the thing is, when, on my, around my last days of school, there was time I was having a shower and my SoundCloud was on shuffle and I hear this tonight song and I'm vibing to it and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to check for the song later when I come out of the shower. And I'm skipping back, skipping back, skipping back and the song, the song <laughs> just lost, right? I'm like, man, forget about it. So, Yuji playing me that song. I was like, dude, I've been trying to find this song. Like, who's this guy? It's like, bro, let me FaceTime him now. So, Nonso is in Canada. He's based in Canada. He's still based in Canada. And I'm in London. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't know how far we're going to go. 
But if we work together, I feel we can do like amazing things. Like I'll do all the legwork. I'll, I'll go back to Nigeria. I'll push this stuff. I'll do whatever needs to be done because I can see the vision because my favorite artist is The weekend, right? So if you notice, Nonso's branding was very weekend esque i.e. you knew his name but you didn't know what he looked like. That was deliberate as well, you understand? Also, I didn't want attention to be on me so that you won't have access to me to devalue the brand. Yeah, you understand? yeah. So, so all these things were very intentional. And because I had good friends to facilitate things for me, like after tonight, I was like, Jules is going to produce your next single, radio, because I needed some Africanism in it as well. Um, in Canada at the time, um, a friend of mine, UAX, who's like, a big director now. Yeah. He was based dope. in Canada, right? And we grew up together, me and UA. Nice. So I was like, bro, look, just, UA used to shoot for me on the Lolo. Like, I will hustle to like raise $1,500. UA will just perform magic with that stuff. If you can't shoot that with that amount now. <laughs> but you know, we used to hustle. So what now happens is, we're doing well, we're doing well organically from tonight to radio. Then I was like, ah, what's the next move? I was like, yo, let me just call Malik. So I called Malik, I called Jules. I was like, yo, let's let's do something together. That's when early now came about that early in the morning. So, so you know, I just used my network to push my artists. As I was doing that, Nonso's growth now brought me more people. Mm. Like the Spotify's, the Apples, the YouTubes. I started meet like they would come to you when you're doing your thing, right? Because if you try and hustle backwards, Anybody that feels like you want something from them is just going to shy away from you. But if you're bringing something to the table that people can foresee that, yo, this is going to bank, then they'll come to you. So I had learned a lot already just from that whole working with Malik. So working with Nonso was just, yo, this is now my thing. Because I'm not an artist. Every single person I was around was an artist, right? I was like, I'm a manager, so let me just get my own talents and just... Whoa, dope, dope. So from from the Nonso thing, we can see how throwing yourself into the work actually opened you up to mm-hmm. meeting more people and all those contacts going forward have now become more useful for other people of course wow of course. so um i remember um i was listening to your podcast man i really really listened to that Thank stuff you, it's dope yo you. guys you guys need to really <laughs> look for the donna one podcast and listen to it it's it's amazing Love, man. Bro. it's amazing really so um i you you said you didn't have a contract with yeah. um Nanso. Yeah. And um you kinda regret that. Yeah. Of you know, course. so but um uh, do do does having a contract change much, especially seeing how it's a relationship thing and when it when two people are not feeling each other again, there's nothing you can do about it, you know? So what you, you know what I've learned. So my approach to things is very different now. The first thing is, remember, I met Nonso on FaceTime. Hmm. So I hadn't felt his person. In fact, now I think about it, there wasn't any true friendship. Music thrust us together and we had a working relationship. But the thing about me is, at the time, I would immense every... Because I'm 100 or 0, do you understand? So everything I am, I put in my business, including friendship, including loyalty, including integrity, all these things, right? But then, as you progress... And people try and interfere. Because, bro, trust me, like, it's never smooth sailing when you're rising. Like, people don't want you. Like, you know when they say they don't want to see you win? Like, that thing is real. Like, Khalid, <laughs> DJ Khalid knows what he's saying. Trust me, bro. They don't actually want to see you win. So, different influences could occur that could, like, alter someone's mind. But now, my approach is I really work on the friendship aspect of things, which is why with Thames is different. Thames and I are literally like siblings. Like, if you see us together... You think we are related. Do you understand? But it's because we started off as friends first. 
in fact, I was out of music management because I'd been burnt so bad. I was like, yeah, mm. out. So T just needed a place to feel comfortable. And like, I was like, yo, anytime you need me, like I'm here for you. And you know, she utilized it from time to time. But then one day she asked me to be her manager and I'm still skeptical about it, you know. But eventually I was like, you know, let's just let's just run it. Cause she paid me, try me, and I was like, yo. <laughs> I was like, when the world hears this, we're gonna be able to do shows, we're gonna do da da da. I didn't know that it's be more than shows, it's literally be the whole world, man. You know, and I have a partner as well that manages times with me. His name is Wally. He's the guy I called before. I was going to call yeah, to that. Yeah, Tech. Uh, uh, that's yeah. my Tech's my guy. I, yeah. I've known Tech since I was working with Nonso. So when T was like, yo, there's another person that I think would make sense for this team. I'm like, who? He was like, yo, Wally. I'm like, sure, man. Because the thing is, when I when I moved back, from my experiences with Nonso, I knew I needed a co-manager. So I tried to do that with Wani. Do you know Wani? Yeah. yeah. yeah there's an artist called Wani. Yeah, Wani really Wonder. Wani Wonder, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried to do it, and I got a girl, a, a friend of mine, actually. Her name is Jess. I was like, yo, look, let's co-manage Wani. Like, I know what to do. I, I, let's just do this and grow. But it didn't work out because even if God gives you the vision, you still have to wait for him to bring the pieces. Do you understand? True, true. And that's another thing I learned. When you just become the best version of yourself, you focus on becoming, not attaining. Do you understand? Because when you try and attain, you chase. When you become, you attract. You get. So once I started becoming the best version of myself, people would see that. And there's a reason why, like, when there's light, flies are attracting themselves to it. But that same light can literally, like, develop flowers and stuff. So it's just for you to understand what you're dealing with. And then when people show you who they are, just believe them. Do you understand? In the slightest things they do. You get so it was easy for me to know that, okay, this girl actually cares about me. Because at the time she had nothing, but the little she had, she would, this is terms by the way, she would try and be of use to me hmm. and also not even try and be a burden to me. Yeah. You know, but like, I just loved and appreciated that so much because when I moved back to Nigeria, I started hearing things about myself that wasn't true. I heard that I stole from them. So I never made a penny. Do you understand? Like we never made money. Do you understand? I was spending my money and I wasn't collecting money from his streams. Yeah. In fact, some of the shows that he would get in Canada, I'll be like, nah, take all the money. I'm still broke in Jando, but my artist must look fly. Mm-hmm, you know, so mm-hmm, that's my mm-hmm. peak, like Because that would attract more. more. You know? So I understood this from a long term. With T, she was like, yo, sign the contract, sign the contract. I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to say, no, 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 let's sign contract. Let's sign. I'm like, oh. really? You know what I'm <laughs> she said, no, let's sign, let's sign. What, what percentage do you want? What do you? And I was like, ah. That's so dope. Yeah, I'm like, Normally, artists don't even like talking about things like they this. They don't, man. But her, <laughs> she was like, just draft it, you know, da 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 da. So we went back and forth. It, it wasn't back and forth, it was fourth, literally. It was just one time. I was like, okay, cool, I'm fine with this. And then me, Wally, and Tim just started working. And then Trimie was just a different thing entirely. And yeah. Wow. Hell. Mm-hmm. Because I, I um, um, you and Wally, I, I, I really, I really like that because I feel like. Um, we do not collaborate enough it's in the biggest mistakes. The biggest here. mistake. You know, so as soon as I saw that you 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 have a partner going, it just for me, it just even boosted the way I look at you. Like, wow, okay, this guy definitely understands something. Because um, even for me, I look at a lot of things I could have done differently. Um, at some point, you feel like, okay, I want to build this big thing alone. I want to do this thing alone. When you could have, you know, done it with somebody yeah. else. You know, so um, with this partnership, what what... What are the what have you learned about growing together and partnering with somebody who who 
who who shares the same vision with first you. thing is when you're not alone you are not stressed mm. and stress is the killer of anything that has to do with like growth when I was with Nonto I was doing when I said I was doing everything let me explain to you what I mean now me they carry the song they go radio station now me they carry the video go TV station now me they pay for the video as well now me they call Apple, Spotify, YouTube or and all their cousins I'll call them <laughs> Now me go they think, okay, what next are we gonna do from a branding and marketing standpoint? You understand? What Nonso would do is just record the music and then we'll plan together around the music. But really, I think that's one of the reasons he probably left me. Because I feel you know that kind of thing where you love your dad, but your dad is annoying. That was what I felt the dynamic was. Because he just we had an experience in December where like he had some performance issues, right? And then I think he just um, kind of felt that, yo, I just want to start over. I don't want management. I don't want anything. So I went back to England after that December run to try and get like a publishing songwriting deal. Because for me, I was like, okay, you know what? You're not ready for any artist type deal yet, but your pen game is strong. I'm going to focus on your strength and work and wait on a deal. So a friend of mine, his name is Tiny Temper. I go to him. I'm like, yo, bro, like I'm looking for a publishing deal for none. So he's like, yeah, sure. Like he introduced me to Sony ATV. And, like, for six months, I was waiting for, like, a deal. Hmm. Eventually, the deal came. But what people don't understand is England is a very expensive place to live in. And the money I made in December was burning. Do you understand? In in that age. Wow. Yeah, bro. From, and the thing is, I didn't know when they were going to send it. So I could have stayed there a whole year. But when I just called my lawyer, I was like, yo, what are going with this, um, with this P? And he was like, hold on. Then he calls them. And apparently, it was ready all this time. So for me, I was like, all I needed to do was just call my lawyer. I was thinking, they, but then you now realize that these people are busy. So you have to always impose yourself. Yes. You know? So cut a long story short, the day I got that contract was the day Nonso left me. <laughs> you know? So when that happened, I was like, damn. But I understand. Because all this time I'm waiting, he's probably thinking I ain't doing anything. You understand? But I, I, trust me, I don't even hold it against him because when you have perspective, you have empathy. So my perspective on it was like, I can see why he would do that, you know, because you're only living one life in Canada. You have your objectives just based off your daily livings there. I have my objectives just based off my daily livings here. And I think as we were growing, our visions changed, you know, and, and that's what just happened. But, but, but really, do you think he could have um, really um, consolidated on his initial wins from Canada? Elaborate. Like, um, maybe he should have stayed back. Maybe he should have just Bro, come I out mean, here. And I mean, just... Nonso loves Canada. I don't know why. Um, Even when I was working, I was talking about he has to stay there for a while and he can't move because of a passport. I basically had to make him understand why it was important for him to come back to Nigeria that December and do a headline show. By the way, during that headline show, I was alone as well. I already had my, my personal assistant at the time. Charalika. And um, yeah, finding sponsorship was hell on earth because I'd come late. I didn't know that if you wanted to start asking for sponsorship for a December show, you start in June. <laughs> I came in October. I still, it's only God, bro, that Heritage Bank gave me like some money and I could run the show. But I made the announcement without even having a venue, you know. Wow. Yeah, bro. I, I always put myself on the line so that I know that um, it has to happen. 
So even when I announced that, <laughs> even when I announced that, yo, I'm I'm releasing a new podcast, man, I was in LA, not even knowing how that was gonna happen as well. But as long as I've made this announcement, it must happen. It must happen. <laughs> I just feel it's just pressure on you. So, so yeah, um, bro, it was it was very very that that time for me was very dark. But the thing is, that's actually where my spiritual life now grew. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, um. Thames, you you you've told us how um the whole um how the working relationship started and yeah. all of that. So, try me. Yeah. What was the process like leading up to this try me song that you heard when nobody knew it to now this song is the song of the moment. Yeah. Everybody. What 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 was the so prior to that? Like I told you, I was out of the like music management stuff. So. Thames never used to talk to me about music too much. I, I loved her music. Obviously, I heard Mr. Reba and Luku Luku. I liked her just as a person, right? Because anytime we used to chill, it was always good vibes. But then when she asked about the music management, and then I said yes, she then plays me Try Me, yeah? And when she plays me this song, I'm just like, yo, this song is mad. Then she comes again later, she's like, yo, you know I shot the video for this song? I'm like, what? So she plays me the video. There and then, I drive to, I, I carry her, I drive to MTV base, yeah? And I'm like, yo, look, guys, this is my new artist. This is the video, blah, 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 blah. We, we did that. Drove to Sound City, did the same thing. I just drove everywhere, right, and did that. Then one of my friends, Larry, right, he had this thing that Jameson had in terms of, like, what they were going to do with artists. And that's how the video was actually shot hmm. through my friend Larry. Jameson came, said they would sponsor the video and put marketing dollars behind the video on YouTube. Whoa. So I was like, okay, you know what? And that's what I was telling him. I was like, look. With this online marketing that Jameson are about to plug in, right, and this thing being on TV and radio, we will be able to generate, like, um, a fan base to perform with locally. But what I didn't factor in was that YouTube marketing expanded past just because organically, before you want to watch the video you want to watch, Try Me will come on. Yeah. And <laughs> the sonic of the song and the visual captivates you automatically. So organically, people were just, like, loving the song, loving the song. And before we knew it, like, that December, so many people were calling my phone. They were like, yo, this girl, this girl, this girl, this girl. I'm like, look, let's 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 take all these things. Let's have a December run. And that run was so deep to the point that Wiz calls me. But by this time, me and Wiz, because Wiz started really helping me during Nonsource time. Like, Wiz will allow us to record in his house and stuff. Nice. So I get a call. Actually, no, Ruti Me Root Boy calls me. I was like, yo, Wiz is calling you. As soon as he says that, this was the day of the Megan the Stallion show. As soon as he says that, I'm like, okay, I'm coming up. I caught the call. I look at her. I was like, yo, we're going upstairs. She's like, why? I'm like, I want to introduce you to the Waze. She's like, what? I was like, yeah. So let's go. As soon as I go, <laughs> I see Waze. He hugs me. He now looks at me. and says, so you don't do him again, Abby? Because Waze, <laughs> see, uh, a lot of people don't know that man. Like people know Waze kid, but Waze as a man, that's a man. Like. There's some stories I have about how he's pulled up for guys. Hmm. Like, I'm talking about police have stopped me. I have nobody to call. We call Wiz. Three cars come with cash. Bail us out of the situation. Whoa. That's Wiz. Do you understand? <laughs> so he's past music. Big Wiz. Yeah, yeah, no, that's Wiz. So, 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 like, he's tried so much for me, like, incrementally. Because one thing about Wiz is he doesn't like wasting his time. Yeah. So he'll, he'll give the platform. Whatever you do with it is calm. Do you understand? I was with him three days ago, and he was like... I'm happy things panned out the way it was, man, because, bro, I know you guys can take it all the way, you know? Definitely. So I, yeah, and I was like, bro, thank you, because nobody today, do you understand? So, 
Shout out Wiz as usual. Big man. shout out Wiz, man. Yeah. So, um, 16th of December, Thames in the Garden. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Thank you, bro. I thought that was um, that's audacious. That's so as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, very refreshing. You know, so what what gave you guys the inspiration and um, the impetus yeah. to actually do, do that, that event? Right. Okay, so the thing is, at this time, for um, for Broken Ears hadn't dropped, right? But T had, like, Luku Luku, she had Mr. Rebel, she had Try Me. And she had, like, a gang of features with, like, Show Them, Ladipo, Dami Onero. So we're not like, you know what? We've done a lot of shows for people, but we need something to establish ourselves. Because for me, ownership, I don't play with ownership. In fact, we own for Broken Ears. It's not signed to any label. Hmm. Do you understand? Because for me... Before when labels were approaching us, I was like, you know what? It would just make sense here if we just try this thing on our own. You get. So I spoke to Wally, spoke to Thames, and everybody was on the same page. Like, yo, like let's just keep the labels holding, right? So as this happened, the, the tape goes number one. I'm fast tracking, but I'll go back yeah. to so Thames in the Garden. So when we were doing this P, right at this point in time, it's also allowed us to see how much impact we had because the place we did it. My friend owns it. His name is Femi Adiola. Shout out Femi. He owns Atmosphere. You guys go to Atmosphere, man. It's a vibe. So I call Femi and I'm like, bro, look, yeah, we're trying to do something. Um, my artist, she's tempted. As soon as I said it's she's tempted, he was like, yo, I lo-. he's like, look, <laughs> you guys can do whatever you want to do, blah blah blah. So Wally organizes the sound guy. Wow. Yeah, like one of our guys, like he organizes that, and then um the band, everyone pulls up, and then we do it right now. When we even started the show bro like you know nigerians late late coming so we're just like man we told t just stay where you are bro before we knew we were just packed we're like yo off one hit record and just a few songs that people know so okay let's just record this as content we recorded it you know and, and the rest is history bro honestly no because i i i really like i like when when artists move that way i like brilliant ideas i like bold stuff yeah. you know but um i've also noticed not for everybody but with more success you would expect that um it would leave more room for artists to do bold things and just do crazy things and just take risks but with more money and more success it's like they are more conservative you know so why what what it's it's really a personality thing so what what you see artists do because you and I said this in my last podcast, the work we do and our lives are very intertwined. So what this thing just is just magnifies your character, right? She has always been reserved. You understand? Nobody today like she's a, she's a very music based person. Like she is, music is her therapy. Music is her life. Music is what saved her. Do you understand? So she's really about the art. Do you understand? And because people don't have things to say about her. It also makes her brand more interesting because there's there's actually so much to know about her. Her story is not she didn't grow up rich. Do you understand? Like her story is not your consensual, oh rich dad, rich mom. No, no, no. Like she don't suffer. Like there's even a time here, yeah, um, we were stuck in probably the deadliest traffic ever for an access bank show. And we're in traffic, like we're around like third roundabout. We're just there. Access bank was in a hotel. Mm. We we're like, man, we're gonna have to return these guys' money. She just looked at me. She just called Okada. <laughs> she, just, she just, she just, she just opened the door. She just said, "Yeah, I'll see you there." She hopped on the back and zoomed. Movement. I just, I just saw her head go in the distance. <laughs> I 
I was like, oh my God, I've actually met my kind of person. <laughs> you know, so like, this is my person. So that's the kind of person she is, you know. She's not bougie, she's not anything, but people wouldn't know that, you know, because she looks good and stuff. But that's a G, you understand? So, yeah, like, what more money and more fame has done is it's just made us more cautious about the way we move. Because like I said, bro, they don't want to see you win. So at the moment you say or even don't say, people will just try and use that whole sort of thing to get you in some social media tobacco. Because at the end of the day, that is what this thing is about. Content on social media for people to debate about. But when your real life is very intense, hmm. you don't even have time to think about social media. Trust me, it's not a thought. I mean, you'll be getting so many phone calls that will keep you busy. So what time do you have to get on your timeline? T is making music with so many different artists worldwide, plus her own stuff. What's the time? Where's the time to really, you know, go crazy or do crazy stuff, especially as a woman, you understand? The dynamics for a woman is very different from the dynamics of, for a man. Men have it easier because we live in a patriarchal... Pa- patriarchal... Pa- hey, Jesus. Patriarchy, shall <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you understand? <laughs> but like, but like um, yeah, with a woman, you have to be more discreet, which is why for me, I focus on authority over at- attention, you understand? They are both under the guise of influence, so if you have a lot of attention, they'll call you an influencer, right? But if you have authority, you are a real influencer mm-hmm. because you have the ability to dictate the way people move for your own benefit. So what she has is authority, not attention. That's why her influence is still prominent because that's the real one. Attention, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the amazing things you guys are going to do, man, because... Um, Times in the garden really made me know, man, these people, you should totally look out for them, man. Thanks, you know, so, and um, um, you mentioned international, so mm-hmm. let's go there. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> you guys spent a lot of time in LA recently. Yeah. yeah. Are we expecting yeah. a big deal? Bro, you see now, you know, <laughs> honestly, I don't like talking. Like, you know why? Because you jinx stuff when you speak about yeah, it before. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Bro, bro, like, LA was, was a movie, man. Like, bro, like, like I told you offline, like, Thames was a celebrity to celebrities. Wow. Like, I mean, the video of Adele singing Try Me went viral, right? But the moment Adele saw Thames... Oh, shit! She, <laughs> she stood up, yeah. <sighs> There's so much I can't say, but <laughs> the summary is, like, she just spazzed out. There's another big artist that she introduced... Like, there's an artist, right? He's really huge, right? Yeah. And... Adele was like, did he tell you that it was me that put you on the music? <laughs> I'm like, Adele is putting artists on to Thames' music. Yo! That's mad. So we met a lot of people, like Damson Idris. All these things are viral now, so I can talk about them. Damson Idris, Daniel Kaluuya, Dave. Dave has become a very close friend of mine just based off meeting in LA. Um, yeah, bro. A lot of people. I don't want to start talking too much, but a lot of artists. In fact, I can say almost every. Almost every artist knows her and wants to work with her. Her DMs are a mess. You understand? Yo. So, it's crazy. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Trust me, it's crazy. But, like, with all of that, it's just amazing how grounded she is. Hmm. I'll never forget the day um, we released um, Try Me and then Stormzy comments, like, like this is literally, like, our first, like, major hit, right? And then Thames <laughs> just calls me, yeah. And Thames has a very monotone voice. Do you understand? She's always on the same, like, so she goes, yo, I'm like, yo, what's up? She's like, and she's eating. So Stormzy just commented on my video. I said, Stormzy? She's like, yeah. 
I'm like, wait, what? You're not, you're not excited. She said, no, I'm excited. Can't you tell? I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, okay. I understand who you are. And this is why you have it. You're not gassed for Jack. Like, she's not gassed, bro. Trust me. Like, Thames is not gassed. You can't gas Thames up. You can't. I've tried. Do you understand? You can't. She's very... It's life now. So you see her, man. Anything that comes is a blessing. And if it doesn't come, it's not for me. Her confidence is, is, is out there. You don't even need to meet her. You just know that... She's confident. She has it. She knows herself. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, and I'm listening to your podcast. I can tell that a lot of conversations too from you to her yeah. and all of that. So, how how important are those things? You know, like um, conversations with her. Yes, and um, it, like I I I had someone on the show some time ago, um, and I was talking to her about um finances um with her artist. And I understand how these things can be. Yes, you want them to build something, but at the end of the day, it's not your money. Mm-hmm. So, but um, how do you, you know, still put your thoughts out there and just still let everybody know, hey, we need to do the right things with this money. Yeah, I mean, that's why structure. <laughs> so, I have a saying, love would take you to your destination. Structure would keep your destination from missing you by. So... The thing is, we have a registered company in the UK with an accountant, <laughs> do you understand, and a lawyer. So when it comes to finances, Thames is not even someone that's extravagant. The first car she bought, yeah, bro, I was like, why are you doing this? Like, buy something more expensive. <laughs> She's like, no, I want it to be the case whereby when I come out, they see it's me and I'm in this car. I'm just like... What? <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not wow. really, I'm not really, and true to her word, it's just now she's now saying, okay, you know what, let me now buy something really nice, you know. But what she did though, the first thing she did was she moved her mom into a mm. house and all of that. So with the accountants, and the thing is, the way we make money is very different from your normal artist because we understand how to use intellectual property as a team. So Wally and I, we have meetings with like different corporates and license her music. Do you understand? Licensing abroad is different from licensing in Nigeria. In Nigeria, if you want to license your song, they'll tell you, I don't even know, maybe 500k or something. Mm. If Apple wants to license your song, that's $20,000. Do you understand? And that's off like 30 seconds of your song. So there are different ways of making money off your IP, which is why when these American people are saying ownership, ownership, that's why. Because what you don't want is for Apple to want to license your P. And it's your label that's chopping that money yeah. and giving you some percent. Do you understand? So I thank God that we did that for Broken Years independently because most of the money we've made is through virtual shows that people don't even know about, like virtual festivals mm-hmm. and IP leverage, you get. So all the money just goes into the company account. Um, what T has done for herself is she's allocated herself a monthly salary hmm. and me I just take my percentage like when the book comes I yeah. just take it and like I just chill <laughs> nice yeah. nice nice man yeah. <sighs> you guys are really onto something so um as any adult knows life always um has its ups and downs mm-hmm. and sometimes one event can be an up and a down at the same time so with the benefits of um hindsight how would you define the Uganda experience and you know crazy man <laughs> I don't think I've experienced anything like that in my life because um, first of all it's my first time in Uganda in East Africa hmm. Uganda is a different African country it's just um, bro there are, 
those people are amazing people, first of all. Like, Ugandans are, bro, they love to have fun. Like, they love to have fun. But you see, the government, just like any African nation, bro, they are just, I mean, the presence of that country has been there for donkey years, you understand? <laughs> so, it's just a very different dynamic for them. But they are okay with it, in a sense, because they are used to it. But they are still aware of it, you understand? So the prison system, by default of all I've just said, it is very, it's deep. Hmm. It's deep, it's deep. Like, when, when, so what people don't know is, the first night we stayed in jail, but then we got transported to prison. Damn. Prison was three hours away from Kampala. Do you understand? So I was handcuffed to Omale. Now, the thing about handcuffs people don't know is, when you move, it gets tighter. And what was on my wrist was some rusty, dusty, sharp, this thing. So blood circulation had cut off from my arm. Damn. And, man, Omar was just like, bro, please stop moving. <laughs> stop moving. I said, guy, what do you want me to do? Like, this bus is, first of all, we're in some van, yeah, no seatbelts. And so there were other prisoners with us. They were coughing and stuff. It was just not the vibe. And we didn't know where we were going. One hour passes, two hour passes, three hour passes. And by the way, we we're just seeing forests. We're just seeing forest. Before we get to the prison, there's a... Bro, the river is so huge and we're across a bridge and we could literally see like a waterfall. Then as the car was moving, the waterfall, then you see the prison. Prison is different from jail, bro. As soon as you come down, you can't stand. Standing is a privilege in prison. You squat. So we squatted and walked while squatting, handcuffed. They took our clothes. Bro, it was not the vibe. Because the long story short, yeah, Listen to Mali's album because he gives you the whole story there. <laughs> but yeah, man, like it was just very interesting because even when we were in a cell, it really taught me about perspective and how human beings, man, everyone deserves a second chance because, bro, the people that were really nice to us, bro, hmm. they were murderers. Whoa. There was one guy that was there for 60 years. He had killed one political aide or something like that. I was Damn. like, man, what is this? Some rapists were there. Um, some people self, they were even there just for the wrong charges as well, bro. So... Yeah, man, it was it was very bizarre. I think that's the right word to describe. It was bizarre because I'll never forget the first night I woke up in prison and I opened my eyes, and the first thing I see is a prisoner just looking, wow, like in my cell, wow. And I, like, I, obviously, man is a Uganda prison, and the only Nigerian here is Omar. So I'm looking at him. He's looking at me, and the first thing that comes in from his mouth is, "Are you hungry?" Oh man. Do you understand? I'm like, okay, that was that was better than I gave you. I was like, man, am I about to rack this guy? Like, what am I about to do? Do you understand? Then he now said, You guys are celebrities, right? You guys are all over the news. I'm like, what? They just brought newspaper. Pa! Me and Omar. I said, what is going on? Uganda was on like they were talking about us throughout the country. So that at that point, Omar and I got really, really like Omar, Omar. We speak every day. Like, we're this close. Do you understand? I can imagine, Yes, man. I'm close. Because, bro, I learned about his story. And, hmm. bro, that is, that is a special one. Like, he is special. That's my cousin. Like, there's, he's like... The way... It's me, Thames, and Omar. Do you understand? That's how... That's that's the little egg we've created. Because he, too, he's not... You don't see him everywhere. Yeah, yeah. All his yeah. shows and... But we're always, like... From time to time, always just chilling together. Either in my yard or Thames' yard. Yeah. Dope. So, yeah. so but... um. Is there anything you would have done differently? There was nothing I could have done because of the way it even happened. Apparently, they said Omar took a picture and there was this artist called Baby Cool that <laughs> literally 
use that as some sort because he was just pissed that Nigerians were performing and he wasn't performing right mm. because other Ugandan artists performed before we even came on stage because obviously you have opening acts right yeah so none of those acts got arrested this guy goes to Uganda because he you know in Uganda it's very different artists are political as well you yeah. understand like um, like Bobby Wine shout out Bobby Wine man Bobby Wine who is actually an artist was running for like because that's how deep Uganda is, bro. Artists are taking the initiative to run themselves because it's like, yo, we need to get out of this ditch, you know. But people like Bibi Cool are aligning with the actual we, president, hmm. thinking he's gonna gain political favor, <laughs> but he's a tool. He doesn't even know it. And he's not bright, bro. Like he's rather dense. So cut <laughs> a long story short. No, I saw your 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 when you were beating him up on Twitter. Bro, the, the, the thing is this yeah, in the car, like in the car. <laughs> Because this guy came with a camera crew to act like the hero that freed us. Do you understand? Wow. He didn't know that there were so many Nigerian correspondents that were fighting on our behalf. What was happening? Yo, Twitter, man. Twitter is a real thing. Bro. Like, they were like, all of that. Like, even the president was like, who are these people that you have gone to Ghana in prison? Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> Do you get? So, cut a long story short. In the whip, yeah, when we were driving back to Kampala, Omar could see that I was ready to deck him. Like, I was ready to. Omar was just like, bro, let's just leave. <laughs> let's just, just leave. Let's just, just leave. Omar didn't want any problems. Like, he just said, let's just leave the country. I said, okay, no, Allah. I hadn't seen Thames in two days. The last time I saw Thames was when we were in court. Wow. And she was basically just like, if you're handcuffing him, yeah, you must handcuff me too. I'm not eating. I'm not doing that, da, da, da. Because that's Thames. Like, if anything is wrong with me, Thames is not happy. Do you understand? Like, as soon as she saw that, like, she didn't speak throughout. But as soon as she saw that, she lost it, you know. That's why I me mean, I write for her, too, you get. So, um, cut a long story short, bro, like, that whole experience was just very bizarre because for the first time, there's one thing to be stripped off your power. Yeah. There's another thing to be stripped off your humanity. When you're being treated like an animal for something you didn't even do, it just makes you have so much more empathy for people that don't have the power to escape these situations, you know. We still kept in contact with some people there, you understand, sending them money from time to time. Yeah. T, like, T will speak for her own experience, but even when she was there, like, she gave them, like, a free show. She was taking care of some of their babies. Oh, man. You know, she's <laughs> the best, bro. Like, but she'll speak for herself, like I said. But, yeah, bro, like, it was just a very... It just made me understand life a bit more. You know, because you are your experiences at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that will always be with me forever. Mm-hmm. So um, it's when you look at it, it's not a very positive event. Yeah. But um, are there gains? Do you think it helped to push One the thousand percent. <laughs> what? Bro, as soon, do you know what's so crazy? The next day, as in when we landed in Nigeria, oh, first of all, yeah, shout out like. Um, Nigerian High Commission, like, bro, they're like my guys now. <laughs> like, they really try for me, man. Nice. They really try for me. Good to know. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, some ministers here as well. I just can't remember their names, but I really have gratitude for what they did for me. But when we came back here, yeah, bro, literally the next day, Chris Brown shouts Thames out. Wow. Literally the next day. I don't, I don't even think he heard about the situation. But that Uganda P being fueled with Chris Brown's shout-out. The next day, we now made Obama's um, playlist playlist as well. (laughs) I was like, you know what? Everything is actually working for the best, you know? 
So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's just see where this leads. So obviously everything went up. My followers went up. Her followers went up. Uma's followers went up. Everybody's thing just went up, 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 up. Streaming went up. Everything went up. And then, yeah, bro, it just added fuel to a fire, really. And now people just want to hear from their perspective. So the album is going to choke, bro. Man, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. So, um, guys, I know I've talked about Muiwa's podcast so much. And um, it's really good. Uh, I'm going to reference it again. Thank you, bro. So, um, Muiwa, on, on, um, for you, you said on the episode with um, um, Paul, um, you said Nigeria is traffic central. Yeah. You know, meaning um, you might not make so much money out here, but you'll be able to gain the noise and the the movement that is going to push you to that global level. I really connected with that, you know, and um, that was why Bonner Boy's um, comment some time ago on Twitter rubbed me the wrong way. What did he say? He said, um, I don't make money from Nigeria, not only crews, they hear. You know, so I'm like, even the noise, even the shouts, the support, it's currency, mm-hmm. you know. So um, could you explain further what you mean by Nigeria being traffic central? Okay, so um, <clears throat> I've known this for a while. It didn't actually just start today. Hmm. Um, digital currency through human equity, right? When people subscribe to your brand, they will talk about whatever you do, which is why I think traditional PR is a bit dead. You understand? Because everyone has social media. Everyone is watching everybody. So what is PR? What happened in Uganda? That's PR. You understand what I'm saying? It's not going to this day or Guardian to talk. I'm not downplaying these guys, but even they have to innovate as well. You understand? So what? Ni- there's a reason why ASOS, the ASOS handle, would tweet in Pigeon. Hmm. It's not because they love you. Because they understand the traffic they will get. Because Nigeria say, ah, oh, ASOS is saying how Unadi. ASOS, what? <laughs> da, 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 da. Do you understand? If these people understand that, then it's important for us to understand it. Which is why when I see us use that traffic for stupid things like David versus Whiskey, I'm just like, you guys don't get it. This world is too big for you guys to be pitting like two artists against each other. Because the amount of money that can be made just from the traffic you make <laughs> online. Nah, it's not a joke. Like, anybody can tap into that, no matter what you do. Whether it's comedy, whether it's artistry, whether it's... Because just do stuff amongst your people and let that just trickle down because America is watching us. It's now the other way around. They are actually watching us. They're like, yo... Even when, when I was in LA, we had, um, <laughs> we had like, a studio session, yeah? And one ANR goes, hey, yo, man, uh, do you know Rayma? You know Rayma? I'm like... Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, you, you know what I'm told me, Thomas? I'm like, yeah, you know. He's like, yo, man, these guys are sick. I'm like, these guys are talking about my guys. Do you understand? <laughs> like, like, do you understand? But they were interested to let me know that they are tapped in. Yeah. And that's only going to go following. bigger. Exactly, because the noise we make online is not a joke. When Bernard says cruise, yeah, I understand what he's saying because, bro, trust me, as an artist, they cruise you. Like, that is all you see because... People's people's comments are based off their perspective of how they are living. So, Bernard will probably see something like Davido versus Whiskey versus Bernard. Do you understand? And that's what he's going to see constantly more than his wins. So, that chip on his shoulder he has is probably to be like, Unanur supports me. But the truth is, that traffic that they make adds to you. 
you just don't need to take it personal because you have to now see it from their perspective as well. What do they really know other than what they see you do? And if they, you don't do anything or give them anything to talk about, they're just going to talk about all of us as a collective, you know? It happens with Thames and Tiwa too. Like, they'll be yearning about Thames is the new queen. Bro, like, Tiwa and Thames talk. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But, you understand, perspective is important, you understand? So, yeah, bro, that's that's what um, Traffic Central is. It's literally traffic. It's mad, but it adds, you understand? Yeah, because, I mean, I know, yes, you have those people who are saying, ah, who are you? But at the same time, there are also those people who are saying, yo, you are the best. And that's what you need to focus on. Focus on the good. Life is like a coin, literally. It's it's about focus. I think the best way to describe this thing is, um, and I think skiers understand this the most, like people that ski. You know when you ski, in order to not hit a tree, mm. you you are, if you say, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, don't hit the tree, you will hit the tree because that's the focus. <laughs> if you say, follow the path, follow the path, that's what you follow the path because the mind can't comprehend negativity, which is why you don't even reflect on your traumas. I don't think about that prison experience a lot. Do you understand? The mind can't comprehend it. It's aware of it, but com- to comprehend it, i.e. to focus on it, nah. You understand? What tends to happen is if you place focus on something and your perspective about it is bad, yeah. then it becomes bad to you. So that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mui, what you have, again, you have your podcast, you have yeah. your management company. Um, I believe you have a production company yeah. um, as well. Um, Lorito House, right? No, no, no. I, like, oh. That was a, that was a, <laughs> Lorito House was something I had with a friend of mine when I was out of management. Okay. 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 Shout out to Zamani. Like, okay. we were more focused on the corporate stuff. Okay. So we were okay. shooting content for GT Bank. Nice. Banks mostly, you know. Nice. But like, once, I came back into music. We just dissolved that and then oh. that's that. But I do have like my production agency. It's called BSB Agency. Nice. And I just use it to facilitate. That's why I even used to shoot my own stuff. You know great, great. Okay, yeah. so I, I I take this to mean that managers should be looking to diversify as quickly as possible 100%. and build things for themselves. Well, going to real like I'm working on a JV right now in Ghana with some people for real estate. Do you understand know what I'm saying? Like, the crypto space for me is also a space I'm really interested in, and I'm talking to some people about some deals from that standpoint. So for me, it's like, whatever comes to you that is of your interest, like, dig deeper a bit, you know? It keeps you busy, so you don't focus on noise that doesn't benefit you. And then you actually grow, and then eventually people will catch up to your passions, you know? Like I said, when I started this management thing, like, first of all, there was no label interest. There was no integrity in what we were doing because everybody was focused on their 9 to 5P. But I think everybody has caught up now just based off what the internet has, you know, exposed us to from a global standpoint. Everybody's trying to be international now. So Awesome. Yeah. Man, it's right to say Essence is the song of the moment right now. Thank you God, know? man. I mean, Whiskey yeah. has been big for at least 10 years, but it feels like with Essence, he's going on to a whole new level that is even new to him, a whole hmm. new demographic, you mm-hmm. know? And um, of course, the amazing terms is on that. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> <T-B>. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so... How- how did the essence feature um come to be? How 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 did it? Yeah, it was all after that, that intro in Echo Hotel. Okay. So like when you know when we says so, you know so we <laughs> so you see how Wiz can tell you stuff like I'm dropping a song in seven days and the song doesn't drop here. Funny enough with me, that's never the case. You know, if if we say something like, Yo, I got you guys, I will do this, he does it. So the first thing he did was, you know, he brought us out on his show. 
he he said he would do that. Yeah. He did that. The second thing was, and the thing is, what I found very interesting was he would reach out. Do you understand? Wow. So he would be like, yo, what are you guys doing? He would message to you, like, what are you guys doing? Yo, pull up, let's record. And that day, like, um, but it was very amazing because um, it was a very comf- He made the space very feel comfortable for her, you know. And he was just a brother, bro. That's what it is to me. Like, he's actually a brother, you know. I really appreciate him as a human being. Not as an artist, do you understand? Because he's already ways. Everybody knows what mm-hmm, he is. Mm-hmm. But just being privileged to see the man, like, the family man, you understand? The businessman. Bro, that guy's a businessman. <laughs> bro, so 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 he's very strategic and because of that, that record just came about. They have they they they've they they worked on so many melodies for that record. But when T started like that initial melody of essence, I called her to the side because she was like, Man, I don't like it. I just called her, I said, look at the room. <laughs> look at what everybody's doing. I said, look, because T can do a hundred takes, right? I was like, everyone's reaction is positive. Just trust that it's gonna be fine. She's like, okay, man, let me just continue. She continued. Wiz loved it. Mute chopped the record. And then, bro, it was literally a rap. Like, before we knew it, Wiz, I was in London, Wiz calls me, and we're mixing and mastering the record. And as we're hearing it, he calls P2G as well to add, add additional like um keys, shout out legendary beats. Hmm. And then, bro, before we knew it, like the song was full, you know? And I kept on saying this thing. I was like, bro, this song feels like um. Like, when I listen to it, it feels like I'm in a ballroom. Do you understand? It's like ballroom dancing. It's very mature. I knew it would be a grower because that's what classics become. Like, there's a difference between a hit record and a classic record. A classic record takes you to a point in time in your life. A record like, um, that's Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. It's not your quintessential hit record. Mm -hmm. It's not what labels will try and push and champion. But because of the time and the way it makes you feel, the Titanic was doing well, so much was going on. Bro, it's a moment in time that solidifies things. So that's what a classic is. Classics are, are songs that solidify time. Do you understand? Like It's like a timestamp that during this time, this was the song of the moments that... And I think the pandemic really helped with that as well. You know, Just how Wizzy's album rollout was and how people could just digest the music properly. Awesome, know? awesome. Yeah. Exciting, because uh, re- recently we... Man, everybody has been vibing to that thing, you know? Appreciate it, man. <laughs> Rihanna, uh, Kevin Hart. Oh, the man. Uh, bro, yeah. your client is global, Thank man. you, bro. Thank you. Is it a, it a shock you sometimes? You know what's so funny? <laughs> I think I'm humbled by it, but it's kind of become my life now. Like, legit, it has become my life now in the sense that all these people you've called, you understand? them day at any point to reach out to anything so i'm just humbled by it bro because bro you could like i still think of try me times you couldn't have seen this coming but bro deep down i felt it would like deep deep down i felt it would you know so now it's happening i'm just i'm just grateful to god bro like i said when i was out of music management i really like grew my spirituality I read this book called The Power of Now that changed my perspective about how to live your life, bro. Just staying present so you can always see your ram in the bush. But you have to go through that bush. <laughs> Trust me. But yeah, man, I'm grateful. Awesome, awesome. So um, longevity, long-term success, staying power, both for life and in the music business. Yeah. What are your thoughts on how to achieve this? Longevity? Yes. The first thing is, as cliche as it sounds, yeah, it's just being true to yourself, bro. Mm. Like, 
because like I said, I, I don't I don't know how to chase. Do you understand? Yeah. All I do is just all I believe rather is if you focus on being the best version of yourself, opportunities will come to you. Do you understand? And you, obviously, when you know yourself, you now know what is for you yeah. and what you don't want. So the longevity aspect of it is not compromising that because the moment you do, that is when something can now seep into the gate to compromise what you're doing. Do you understand? So yeah. knowing, my most powerful word is no. Knowing how to say no, so it sets your boundaries and it retains your value because anything that has value would actually reap commerce. When things lose value then you have a problem. And the way you retain your value is by being your unique self because there's only one you. People think you need to do a lot to achieve a lot. Now, just come here to take what is yours. If what is yours is the whole world, so be it. But what is yours will always be sufficient for who you are because God can give you more than what you can handle. Do you understand? So I would always say just being like genuinely true to who you are. When I say genuine, I mean you're good and you're bad. <laughs> you understand? Like you're good and you're bad. So Nice. And aim to grow. Awesome, awesome. What what uh um what is an unpopular opinion you have about the music business and life that you want to share with us? Unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Let's think about this one because I really don't have a lot of opinions. <laughs> um, this is a tricky question because I I can't really think of anything. But if I was just to, to ramble right now, I'd probably say that. Because you can sing, you must enter the industry. Bro, sing in church. <laughs> Do you understand? Like, you don't have to be in this game because this game is not a joke. There was a time I heard Fela say, music is a spirit. If you play with it, it will kill you. I didn't understand what he was saying. But bro, in this game, it can kill you. Literally. And when I'm talking about death, I'm talking about like final, final, like... You lose yourself. Because, bro, if you think about people that are falling off, it's nobody that did it to them other than themselves. Mm -hmm. But maybe you are not meant to do this in the first place. You understand what I'm saying? So, that's that. Because we're, we're here for a long time, right? So, if your pee is cut short, why are you meant to really be doing this? You know? So, yeah. Wow. We're, we're almost at the end of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, before we wrap up this um, episode, there are two quotes... Um, of yours, I'd like you to throw some light on for the benefit of our listeners. Yeah. Um, the first one is brand collaboration leads to elevation. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, obviously, everyone knows what a brand is, right? Mm -hmm. A brand is basically the ability to prove you are something two different ways, right? It's what reinforces belief because what makes something a brand is a belief system. Is what makes a country a country. Is what makes a religion a religion. Is what makes an artist an artist. Belief. So when you have the ability to collaborate with people that have a similar type of brand, meaning similar types, similar types of ways that people can believe in what you do, yeah, you're only going to rise. Do you understand? Because someone like Wiz, Wiz moves very similarly to the way we move. Do you understand? In comparison to everybody that's at the top, right? It's similar. It's not the same, but it's similar. And that is believable. Do you understand? It's, it makes sense that a terms and ways would work together. Do you understand? I think the most important thing is the brand collaboration aspect needs to be true to brand. Do you understand? That's the most important thing. Like, if it's not true to brand, you cast. Do you understand? The easiest way for me to say this is there was a comedian I used to manage called Sam Takes Off, right? 
and people loved his comedy. The moment he decided to start doing music, hmm. it shifted. But he, if he stayed in comedy and just collaborated with someone that made sense for him to collaborate with, everything would have increased. You understand? That's why like, I'm a strong advocate for, for partnerships, bro. Because the bag is big enough. Like, the bag is big enough for everybody to be okay, you know? It's only greed that can mess things up. Awesome. Yeah. So, at, at what point should an artist or their manager be looking to um, start engaging brands for the sake of collaboration? You know, what, what are the boxes that need to be ticked before one gets to knocking on doors? I, I, don't, think, I don't believe in knocking on doors, bro. Hmm. I believe in building your value to attract. Okay. Do you understand? Like, bro, like, I'm, like everything we have, it came to us. Do you understand? Because when you, when you make something that is not in your control a target, it declines your work ethic. When you focus on things that you can control, you can work every day practically to attain these goals. So, okay, you want to choose a music video. I don't need a brand to do that. I just need to find a way to get that done. Do you understand? When you start thinking about things like ambassadorships, which personally I don't even think makes sense today because just partner with them. If I don't have a purpose for the big money you want to give me, why do I need it? So that you'll be calling me when I'm in London that you want me to perform at one show. Doesn't make sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that money even loses value due to inflation. Do you understand? If a brand today calls me and says, yo, I have uh, 100 million for you, right? Let's say that 100 million is like, let me not say 100 million. Let me say something I can, I can easily remember. Let's say they have 40 million for you, right? That 40 million four months ago was 85K. Today it's 80K. Do you understand? Why am I now going to attach myself for a year and some bits for that money that will lose value every month? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't even believe in chasing brands, bro, because at the end of the day, they need you more than you need them because you are a walking billboard. Do you understand? Hmm. You are a walking billboard, bro. They are only fixed in one country and they want their pay to be seen globally. Now nah, I'll partner with you. So if I have something I want to do, then I'll go to a brand. But by that time, you would have come to me first. You understand? Wow. Yeah. But, but um, I find that it's going to take more knowledge and even discipline to operate this way because a lot of artists and their handlers like the easy way. Just come and take this money and stand and take photos, you know, as opposed to the DDC Rock deal where we're like, look, I'm going to work. I'm going to put in effort and every time we sell this thing, I make something. Equity. You know, so... If, if, if you're not even talking to me from that standpoint, we don't have a conversation. Like, equity. That's why I talk about ownership. If a brand in Nigeria isn't telling me that for each bottle that they make as we advertise, we get this percentage, you're not talking real business. You're talking about... You're, you're, I'm basically like a charity case. You know, like you're giving me money and then I'll plaster something on my Instagram for how long? And then you'll be calling me to do what? It, it doesn't make sense to me. You understand? What I want is residual income at every point when I see a NSC bottle getting sold. That's incentive for me to market your stuff. Do you understand? Not you've given me cash. What's cash, bro? Cash is dying by the day. Fiat currency, specifically. But yeah, that's what I have to say about that, bro. When it comes to all these, like, brand ambassadorships and stuff. Like, it's cool for the people that it's cool for. But for me and my people, brother... It has to be more. It has to be more. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about longevity. We're talking about sustainability. After the deal is over, if we don't make you happy, what's next? Sadly. But you'd be shocked. Some people don't even care. Just give us money. Um, Bro, I've been go. broke for a long time. <laughs> like, that's another thing people don't know. I've been broke for a long time. 
But what has really sustained me is good relationships, which is why I said, if you focus on being your best self, like a good person, bro, people want to help you just for... Bro, I slept on a couch in London for donkey years. Do you understand what I'm saying? As I was managing on, so people didn't know this. Do you understand? But it's just understanding, delaying instant gratification. I don't need the car for pe- for me to feel that I'm successful. I know the work I'm doing. Every day, the result is, is looking at me in the face. Social media has got people so messed up, bro, in the sense that they feel that if I don't show it, I don't have it. Bro, if I have it, I have it. If you need to see it, it's on a need-to-know basis. Do you understand? Not everybody needs to know because you just become a prey for people to be begging you, bro. And if you don't, you are now an up. I don't like stress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second um, um, quote from you. Um, in life, you either suffer in discipline or in regret. I thought that was so profound. It is. So, please. I've suffered, bro. Especially in line with the music business. Yeah, because I've suffered... Because of discipline, things like delaying instant gratification, things like believing in your vision and just staying focused on it, bro. Is that that you do that? Or you wake up one morning and you're like, damn, time has passed me by and I could have done this, done that. Bro, that's the worst type of suffering. That's why I say, look, what is worse than failure is regret. Hmm. If, have you seen regrets before? Like, have you seen someone that regrets the way they lived? I have, personally. And it's not good, bro. They are bitter. They are resentful. They can't even understand the reason why they are alive. Do you understand? And the thing is this, they will be downplaying everything you do. Bro, it's bad, though. They will be talking about their past glories. They will be, bro, <laughs> and I'll just be quiet. I'm like, damn, this guy regrets the way he lived his life, man. But what did he do? First of all, he didn't become. He was focusing on attaining. When you become, bro, you produce the things you want. When you focus on chasing, you'll be looking for people to be giving it to you. Bro, be self-sustainable and then find your tribe. You understand? Everything comes to you that way. And the more people that are like you than your tribe that have the same shared vision, bro, the back can only be bigger. So you'll be saying no to money left, right, and center. They'll be throwing the money at you, throwing the money at you. You'll be saying no, 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 no. And next time they come, they come bigger. Do you understand? So, bro, like, discipline and regret. The discipline to say no. The discipline to understand where this thing is going the faith to trust that this discipline will pay off. Because I believe, because I'm a Christian, right? And I believe what the Bible is, is codes. People see it as a story. Within the story, there are codes. And these codes haven't changed. Do you understand? It hasn't changed. If you apply these codes to your life, you would see, the, the you, would literally, you would literally reap the fruit. Do you understand? Of whatever you're trying to do based off these codes. Because as far as I'm concerned, I didn't create myself, Right? So there has to be some sort of blueprints that's been set in place for me to understand how to live my life. You understand? Until the day I die. And bro, I've applied some of these codes and I'm seeing results in it, you know, which is focusing on like becoming a good version of myself. It's why wherever I enter, I treat everybody the same way. If I, I'll treat the security guard the same way I treat the president. You understand? Because at the end of the day, outside what you do, you are who you are, which is a normal human being. And treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. It's Thames and the new Drake. Drake what? Album. I don't know. <laughs> Drake, like, I'm not his ear now. Like, We've been listening. We've been know. hearing stuff. That what, what have you so, heard? Tell me. That um, Thames might be on the new Drake album. Really? Yeah. Do they even have a record together? I don't know. Now you <laughs> I don't know, know bro. Like, I don't even know if they have a record together, bro. Like, like you know. But Drake shows high a lot of love on Instagram, you know. Nice. And, and that's, I mean, that's 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 what you guys see in it. So, I don't know, bro. Trust me. Like, like I said, I'm I'm... I'm taking everything as it comes, you know. 
Mwiwa, thank you so much for being on thank the podcast. Thank you so much. Man. I appreciate the work that you yeah, do. Um, we did, um, um, years ago, it was Thames in the Garden. Soon yeah. it's going to be Thames in Madison Square Garden Emmanuel, and Emmanuel, other Emmanuel. big um, venues globally. Emmanuel. We actually plan thank on going on tour very soon. Awesome, awesome. Sure. Is there any um, other thing you want to plug in or you want to say before we wrap no, no, the show? Stream for broken ears, please. Don't <laughs> stop. Then yeah, just watch out. Like see. and check out his podcast. For yeah, real, my man. podcast. Obviously, see, I'm plugging myself for myself. I love how Ro, <laughs> she's, so, she's my G. Too. She's my goon. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, my podcast too. Like I feel the reason why I started that podcast here, bro. I just wanted to release content I wanted to see. Hmm. Do you understand? And if I wanted to see it, I believe other people want to see it. And like I said, I'm not trying, whatever is for me is for me, but I don't have it in mind that this is going to be the biggest podcast in the world. Nah, it's for those, I'm trying to just sow the seed for the person that will become the biggest something. Do you understand? Like, Because bro, the content I see, I don't like consuming. It's why like, I just tweet and leave. I don't even read my timeline, bro. When I read my timeline, I see Big Brother. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's not for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I like reading. I like listening to knowledgeable people. I like watching documentaries because it's how I learn. I, maybe I just, I just say it, I love learning. So that's why I just said, let me just release that. So whatever I learn, I can share. So managers must keep learning. Yeah, oh yeah, if you're a manager, like, like I think you like my podcast. I don't know, but I think you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking Thank the time so to much, be bro. here, man.